You're listening to Understanding Disordered Eating. I'm your host, Rachel Heinemann, licensed mental health counselor. Each week, we explore the deeper meaning of our relationship with food and our body. I interview experts in the field of eating disorders and psychoanalysis to bring you the answers about why you do the things you do and bring you one step closer to a healthier relationship with food and yourself. All right, let's get started. Hey, 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 this is episode 70. I have been pushing off recording this for a really long time because these colds are back to back and my voice still hasn't quite recovered. It's uh, taken a vacation and decided it didn't want to come back. So I apologize for this strange sounding voice and the congestion, which just seems like is going to be my fate for the next few months. Hooray. Anyways, this week's podcast is sort of born out of this idea that popped into my head after I was reading this emotions book, which is geared toward kids, really young kids, like toddlers. And it was a really adorable book. Side note, I don't actually love emotions books or deliberate teaching to kids of emotions, probably because I'm like, I'm a therapist. I refuse to have mushy kids who only talk about emotions, just not my jam. But also I do think that when we try to teach kids about any sort of emotional well-being, the implicit message that we send to them is so much louder than anything that we can teach them explicitly, like in a book or in words or whatever it is. What I mean by implicit message is working on ourselves to have better reactions to not react in a really angry way the second a kid does something that's frustrating or not to be dismissive in a way that lets them know that they're not interesting or that they have to do something really crazy in order to be interesting. You'd be surprised that it almost doesn't matter what you say very often. It's very much about how you interact, how much patience you have, and how you respond to their emotional reactions. Anyways, back to this book. The book was really interesting in that it was identifying four different emotions. I think it was anger, sadness, maybe frustration and happiness. And the whole premise of the book was, oh, this is different. I don't really know what this is. I don't necessarily like it, but let me see why they're here so that I can know how to better communicate and just move on, which this fundamental message is so, so important. Our emotions are here for a reason. They're not to be annoying to us. They are not just because they want us to suffer. If we're talking about the negative ones, they are here for a very specific reason. And if we can tap into what that reason is, then we can interact with the world in a way that is closer to our values, that is more communicative, that feels better. That's just more streamlined. So sometimes I use this metaphor of physical sensations as opposed to emotions. And when you think about the sensation of touch and you can sense something that is hot, so you touch a stove or a pot and it's really hot, your instinct is to remove your hand because it's painful to touch something that's really hot. That lets us know, don't touch this because you will get burned If you haven't already, you will get severely burned if you do not remove your hand. 
It is not a comfortable feeling when you touch the hot stove or a pot, but the whole point is that it's uncomfortable to let you know to do something different. And I use that metaphor because it's so perfect for our emotions. Anger, frustration, sadness, guilt, regret, none of these are pleasant. And I don't think anybody is here to spin it in a way that is to make it pleasant. The point is, is that it's trying to tell you something. And if you can listen to what your emotion is trying to tell you, then you have struck gold because then you know exactly how to respond and how to interact with whoever it is. Let's take anger, for example. So anger is one that people feel viscerally. It's the kind of thing that makes our blood boil. We have these hot metaphors, which I don't even know if is a metaphor. It's something that feels physically uncomfortable and like so much energy that some people are like, oh, I have to hit something. It's just like so, so uncomfortable and we really feel it physically. And of course, as a continuum, I would say frustration is on the lower end of the continuum and being absolutely infuriated, enraged is on the more intense side of the continuum. But let's just break, just sort of use anger as the, I don't know, primary color version of the catch-all of this continuum. Anger lets us know that something or someone has violated our boundaries, that there is a threat or some sort of violation. And it's our body's way of mobilizing almost aggressively to stand up for ourselves and to protect us. Think about different situations that you get angry. How has some person or some interaction or some piece of information pose a threat to you? Now, I'm not saying that there's actually the threat of danger. There's no monster chasing you. But there's something that feels dangerous. And an emotional danger is something that we perceive just the same way as a physical danger. An example that comes up for literally everyone is when someone pisses you off. So they do something and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Think about why. Think about what happened in that interaction. Very often, I'm not saying all, but in this example, very often, People get angry when somebody has violated our boundaries. So somebody who either has poor boundaries or just sort of became intrusive in a way that feels intolerable to us, they want something from us that we don't want to give or we can't give, or they want us to think a certain way or they want us to interact a certain way, whatever it might be, it is clearly past the line of what we are comfortable with for ourselves. That is something that when we feel angry, it lets us know where that boundary is drawn. Otherwise, we have no idea where we start and end. Anger is the tool that lets us know, okay, that's where that line is drawn. That's where I need to actually draw the line with this person and let me do that. So the next time you find yourself in the shower yelling at whoever it is in your mind, think about how you can actually say some of those things to them as a way of laying boundaries so that they know that this is not acceptable to you. Because otherwise, this is the kind of thing that's going to brew and brew and brew. You're going to suffer because you're harboring this anger and they have no idea. 
Think about people who get really angry in political debates or on social media. There's something about somebody taking such a strong stance against someone's values or beliefs that threatens this other person's or or my values or beliefs, and I feel the need to stand up for myself. Now, obviously, in some situations, it is not appropriate for us to just like sort of spew our anger. I'm not really the biggest advocate for like doing this on social media. It's probably not the best venue for it. And probably the person will, will not hear you, but it lets you know what's important to you. It lets you know what you have to stand up for. And it lets you know how to draw your boundaries, how to lay your boundaries. And what's really important is that beyond the information that it provides for us to let us know where our boundaries are, what our values are, crystal clear values are, it enables us, if we listen to it, to get what we need, to actually implement change. If you think about the times where you actually stood up for yourself, even if you're terrified of confrontation, it's probably been when you've been angry enough. When you're just sick and tired of being angry, you're like, that's it, whatever, I'm going to say something. And of course, there are ways to say this. We're not talking about assertiveness versus aggressive. Please do not use this as permission to be aggressive. Bottom line is, is that if you feel the anger in a way that you actually get down on your knees, look at yourself, look at the anger, look at the angry person inside of you, the angry emotion inside of you, and you actually communicate with it. Anger, what are you doing here? What are you trying to tell me? What do I need to do in order to let you go. That is going to be so telling for how we can actually implement change, implement real change, relationship change to something that feels so authentic to us because now we know what's really, really important to us. So what I'm hoping from this, and I'm going to leave the example of anger here just because now that I think about it, I should probably do a follow-up of all the different emotions and really break down what the point of each one is. So we'll leave anxiety and guilt and all of those for a later date. Woohoo! The main message here is that we cannot run away from our emotional experience. We don't even want to. I understand that, you know, part of the work that people do in therapy is trying to understand why you run away from a specific emotion. And it's usually rooted in past experience and how people reacted to you when you had that emotion and different interpersonal interactions. And and, I mean, lots of different things and processing all of that stuff is really, really important for your own individual journey. But when we think about moving forward and the point of our emotional experience is to use that and incorporate that into our general experience so that we can use it to inform us of how we are meant to interact with this world. So if there's one thing that is so important that I hope you take from this is listen, talk to your emotions. I'm not saying like a crazy person, talk to your emotions. You know what I mean? Anger, what are you doing here? Anxiety, what are you trying to tell me? Fear, guilt, what is it that I'm missing? What do I need to know? And you can almost figuratively get down on their level and actually talk to it, visualize it. It has something that's really important that it wants to tell you. If we can only just listen. 
you made it to the end. Thank you for listening. Every single one of your downloads means so much to me. If this conversation is leaving you wanting more, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. You'll have the opportunity to reply back directly to me over there. Can't wait to see you in your inbox.